Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle, and it was severely affecting my mental health, mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential, and the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. I can't believe this even as I'm saying it, but as of tomorrow so when you're listening to this on the 11th as of tomorrow the 12th sunshine and rainbows will have officially been one year old i'm astounded honestly i never thought we would make it to a year make it this long but i'm so appreciative of all of the love and support that every single one of you has given just to name a few statistics that are mind-blowing to me. We have almost reached 10,000 downloads. We are really close to reaching 1,000 subscribers. And honestly, what means more to me every day is that new people are continuing to find the podcast, whether that's through my personal page online or through the podcast Instagram, Sunshine and Rainbows. I'm just so honored that these guests have trusted me to help share their story and their mission and humbled that all of you continue listening. So thank you so much. Now, in completely other news, you might have noticed that we did not have an episode last week. Well, that's because it's been pretty busy over here in real life. Not that this podcast isn't real life, but in my real life, it's been pretty busy. Things have been going crazy because I just published my second children's book in this series. So you might have remembered me talking about Jumo the Unicorn that was published last fall. Well, yesterday, well, not when you're listening to this, but yesterday for me, so April 7th, My second book in the series, Manda's Magical Zoo, was published. And again, just a testament to this supportive community. We opened the book up for pre-orders two weeks before publication date. And just by pre-orders alone, you helped us reach number one new releases on Amazon. That is just mind-blowing to me. Today, I woke up to check our ranking in bestsellers, and we are already within the top 500 children's animal books and we've only been published for one day so thank you so much for the love support i'm excited to share more about this book very soon but if you'd like to check it out you can find it online at amazon and barnes and noble in ebook hardcover and paperback copies again that's manda's magical zoo All right, so this conversation I am super excited to get into because this is my first time interviewing two people at once on this podcast. 
what better way to break into it than a dynamic duo that cares so much about self-care in the post-grad community. I am so excited to introduce to you Anais and Sarah. They are the founders of Soul and Flow Wellness. Their mission is to bring wellness experiences to connect deeper with our highest selves through mind, body, and soul, and of course, flow. They support this mission through their multitude of offerings and a commitment to caring for ourselves. Here is our conversation. It's a good one. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm super excited for this conversation, not only because we have incredible guests, and yes, I said plural, but I feel like there is a message that we are all going to take away that is incredible today. Um, welcome to the show, Sarah and Anais. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. So like I said, I'm excited because this is the first episode with two guests at one time. Fill us in on why you are both here. Yeah. So Sarah and I are business partners and we run a business called Soul and Flow Wellness and we bring wellness experiences through yoga and health and wellness coaching. And right now we are very focused on the postgrad community. That is awesome and sounds like something that a lot of us could take advantage of. Um, give us a background on how you guys met and kind of what it took to get this business going. Yeah, so I can give a little bit of background on how we met. So we were both really involved in college in an organization called Charge, which is a women's health and wellness organization on over 100 campuses across the U.S. So Anise was actually part of the DePaul chapter, and then I was part of the Purdue chapter. Um, so during my senior year at Purdue, Anise was out for a couple of years. Um, we both were working on the national team. So I was a chapter leadership consultant, kind of overseeing five chapters. And then Anise was my, like, basically my manager for that. So we started out with a working relationship, actually, um, working for Charge. And then, you know, as we just kind of talked, got to know each other, um, we were both pursuing our different certifications at the same time. So I was completing my 200-hour yoga teaching certification while Anise was doing her health and wellness coaching certification through Georgetown. Um, and we just really became aligned kind of on what we saw ourselves doing in the future um, surrounding wellness. And that was really, you know, bringing these wellness experiences, um, really our biggest kind of dream for Soul and Flow is one day bringing people on retreats um, and you really, yeah, just bringing people together, knowing that they have a community to connect with through wellness. Um, so I don't know, Anise, if you have anything to add to that. <laughs> no, that was, yeah, exactly how that went. <laughs> That's becoming soul sisters. <laughs> I love that. And it's so great for women to partner together and want to raise each other up instead of seeing each other as competition. I think already in just the way that you explained that is so neat that you each found talents that you both had and realized that you could work strong together. And that's something that I don't see that often in society these days. Yeah, we have to pull. It's a it's a learning experience too, because there's not in the time we were in charge, there were not things that we knew about each other work-wise. And so it does take a lot of communication and a lot of hard work. Um, I feel like being like having Sarah as my business partners, it like 
it's a relationship. It's like if you had a romantic relationship or with your family, like it takes a lot of communication. But yeah, we've come from backgrounds of like supporting and empowering other women. And we wanted to bring that in a different scale. That's amazing. Now, I know with your wellness philosophy and this being a mental health podcast, do you mind filling listeners in on each of your own mental health journeys and why starting this business was so important to you? Oh yeah. How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) You go girl, pour your heart out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like I said, it's how much time you have because it's an ongoing journey. I mean, it's been, I think from the day I was born, like I've been on a mental health journey. Um, But things really started when I was 13 and I mirrored a lot of anxiety and depression that um, members of my family were having. And then I've since then had had anxiety. I never saw myself as a person with depression and then um, went through some very hard grief in college um, and a little bit after college, just like it felt like one person was passing away after another. Mm. And then after I graduated college, I was diagnosed with depression um, and have been struggling and working through that. It's kind of, it just like ebbs and flows. And I always say I get these like depression, depression, like flus where sometimes they're great. And sometimes I'm like not doing so great. So Mm. yeah, so I, um, you know, deal every day with depression, anxiety, and currently working on, um, I'm, I just turned 26. And in the last year I've discovered that I have ADHD and working with that and making life as possible, as like doable as possible Mm -hmm. with an adult with ADHD. Mm. I I do ask, did you find out you have ADHD via TikTok? Like so many of us did? Um, (laughs) no, I think it was, a YouTube video and then or something I don't remember what it was but I remember just like having so much trouble with like work doing like computer stuff things like that and then talking to my therapist it's still an ongoing investigation but um because it's really hard to get tested Mm -hmm. in at least Chicago like I've called like four different places and they're like you can call us back in two to three weeks so we can put you on a six month waiting list. And I'm like, girl, I don't have six months. Like, (laughs) I don't like, I don't know where I'm going to be then. Like, I don't know what my insurance is going to look like. So um, right now I am on medication for both anxiety and depression. Um, So just day by day and just like communicating about it is, is really helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think, yeah, that journey is something that a lot of people can relate to, especially ongoing since 2020. A lot of people were kind of hit head on with some mental health issues that they didn't really realize they had and kind of surfaced during that time. Um, Sarah, would you like to share your kind of mental health journey too? Yeah. So I would say mine really started when I was probably around 15 or 16. Um, so all throughout high school, basically my whole life before I went to college, I was a ballet dancer. Um, so I was in a pre-professional ballet company throughout middle school and high school, like really training like four hours a night every day after school. And then eight hours on Saturdays, Sundays were our only days off. Mm. Sometimes we didn't always get those off. Um, so once I kind of got into like middle of high school, like that range. Um, I would say like, that's kind of when I really started to experience anxiety and depression 
at the same time. Um, it was almost like a wave of emotions. I can't really even remember exactly like what triggered it. It was kind of just like a buildup and family history as well. I think as a kid too, like I very much so had undiagnosed anxiety. Mm. Um, I would go visit like the school counselor almost every day in first grade and nobody kind of put two and two together that like maybe, maybe this girl has anxiety and like (laughs) we should do something about it. Um, So yeah, once I started to deal with that in high school, um, I was very, very resistant to getting help, Um, would kind of just struggle through it silently. And my parents were really the only ones that saw me going through it. And luckily, since like I said, family history, my mom kind of caught on to the signs and really kind of almost forced me into therapy. I remember not wanting to go um, because I felt like what's wrong with me? Like this was like a sign of weakness when I was taught basically every day in the ballet studio, like you need to be strong. You need to act like everything's perfect, even though it's not. So for me to like go into a therapist's office or even talk to my parents and admit like everything's not perfect. Like Mm. that was a very difficult first step for me. Um, but a very necessary step, one that I definitely needed and kind of helped me like be able to learn how to, how to cope and how to deal. That was really, um, where I started like learning those mechanisms. Um, and really like throughout that time period, I still kind of struggled with it silently. I kind of remember I only told my parents and one of my friends, um, it was in therapy for a year before I opened up to another group of my friends about it. So very much in a time period where like now I feel like mental health is a lot more of an open conversation. I mean, we're on a mental health podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like having that, I think when I would have been in high school, it would have made it a lot easier, but kind of as I continued on my mental health journey and started opening up to people, I really realized how common my struggles were. And I think at first I was like, oh, like I totally thought that I was the only one going through this, but I started to realize, right? Like that, like, I'm not just completely on my own. (laughs) I don't have a normal, like a unique experience. Yeah. But it was almost a blessing for me to be like, okay, I'm not the only one that goes through this. So like, I need to start talking about it. Like Mm -hmm. I need to be the one that like is talking about it and making other people feel normal about it. So senior year of high school, I like started a blog just where I started to document some of my experiences. And that's really where I got into writing and then kind of found wellness and joined all of that together. Um, and then I would say like kind of midway point through college as well through my journey with therapy and things like that. Um, I found out that I also had an undiagnosed eating disorder basically all throughout high school. So you know, that was almost like a silent struggle underlying all of the other kind of struggles that I was going through as well. And it's like, again, not having the education to know that like eating less than 1200 calories a day is an eating disorder and maybe dancing all of that time, Mm -hmm. like also kind of normalized that experience for me as well, for me to not know that I was going through that and not be able to heal from that. So I've been in recovery for that for the past couple of years. And really just like Anis was saying, it's an ongoing everyday type of journey. Mm. I think, first of all, thank you for sharing too. And second, I think it's so interesting how you both had 
very unique stories, but there's so many similarities with them. And I think it's so awesome that you're able to find each other and in, in time, a community of support through all of that. Now, with Soul and Flow, you kind of gave us the background, the history. Will you give us a breakdown of what your business exactly is? Okay, so our mission at Soul and Flow is to connect deeper with ourselves by connect or connecting deep with. I can't speak today. <laughs> our mission at Soul and Flow is to connect deeper with others to connect and able to connect deeply with ourselves. So we really work on ourselves to show up and be better for um, our workplaces, our friends, our family. And we do that through yoga and wellness workshops. So mm. Sarah will teach a yoga class, 30, 45 minutes. And then I will go in with a wellness workshop, whether that be self-care, body love, self-confidence, um, and energy management. And then in those like two things, like self-confidence will be in the message of the yoga class. And we'll talk about it in the workshop and, you know, how can you bring that to your yoga practice? Um, or, you know, like we'll talk about self-care and in our toolbox of like, okay, and my self-care is my yoga practice and kind of how that adds to different aspects. So that's kind of really the main priority and how we came to be and like is that mission of like we cannot show up for other people until we show up for ourselves so we show up for ourselves we practice we connect to our body and then we go on and we have these discussions we help others bring out the answers in them we you know are mirrors for each other I think that like the people that we've met and have been in a room with like they all have something in like that we see in them and us and vice versa and so, yeah, we've extended that to our postgrad community. And so really just bringing that every month to recent graduates. Mm, that is incredible. I love what you said about mirroring each other. And that is such a great analogy. And your business sounds incredible. How does that represent itself with the pandemic? Are you guys fully virtual and online? What does that look like now for you? Yeah, so actually, I don't think Soul and Flow would have been born if it wasn't for the pandemic. So we started about a year ago um, in February 2021, and Anis and I actually live in different cities. Um, so I'm located in Indianapolis, and Anis is located in Chicago. Um, so we've basically been fully virtual since the beginning. Um, all of these yoga workshop kind of hybrid events have been virtual. Um, and then also our postgrad community is virtual. So we really want to be able to open it up to anybody that, you know, identifies with this postgrad label, no matter location. So in our first kind of group that we've done, um, you know, I have me and Indy, Anis in Chicago, we had someone in North Carolina, someone in Nashville, and then somebody in Oregon. So none of wow. us were even located within the same state. So it's kind of just cool to see, you know, without those geographical barriers, like the types of people you can bring together and like create those friendships with. Like I'm going to Nashville in a month and I'm going to go see a girl from my postgrad community. So just a fun way to connect. Wow. That is incredible. Now with connecting, what platforms are you guys using to reach your target audience of this pro postgrad wellness lifestyle? 
So our main kind of connection has honestly been through other podcasts. We've seen that um, other post-grad recent graduates have done their own podcast. So just going and talking to them as well and really like linking in our community um, and just through Instagram and, you know, TikTok, wherever we can just say our name. Like it's, it is hard, like living in the pandemic, especially when you want to do wellness retreats and something a little bit more out of the ordinary when some of your favorite local studios can barely keep afloat and a lot of people Mm. don't go to those. So it's just really um, connecting with our community, especially online, especially through like Instagram. And we do a lot via stories and posts to talk to people, to get to know people. Like yesterday, we did a fun little like who is more likely to story. And it's funny to see like how well people know us and like or (laughs) or guess like kind of what we're into um but yeah we're always looking for new ways to connect and um you know Sarah has a yoga community in Indy and then I just like I honestly work at a restaurant a couple days a week and I'm always talking about it they're like oh what do you do I go oh yeah I own like I own a business and we have a postgrad community and a lot of the demographic there is postgrad so Mm. Anyone who will listen is how we spread our (laughs) message. (laughs) I love it. Honestly, it's a great business model, especially in the day and age of social media and having all of that free marketing ability at your fingertips. Now, we've mentioned a lot about wellness and taking care of yourself, self-care, all of that. What is each of your personal wellness philosophy? So I would say my personal wellness philosophy really centers around rhythm versus routine. Um, And I love to talk about the difference between these two things because I feel like when people think about wellness, they think about, okay, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. I'm going to go work out. By 7 a.m., I'm going to have a smoothie. I'm going to journal. And then I'm going to go on with my work day. Like it's very kind of, set and Mm -hmm. that's great. That works for some people. I'm like, shout out to you if that works for you. (laughs) Um, but I would say my kind of wellness philosophy is more centered around, um, rhythm, which is kind of how I like intuitively live out my wellness. So I have my practices in my toolbox. I know that my favorite self-care activities are yoga, journaling, and meditation. And then how I use those changes the day to day. Mm. So, you know, maybe I like don't need some movement in my body, but maybe I just need to like sit still for five minutes in the middle of my day. And like, that's great. If I don't like, for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So if I have like, okay, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes first thing in the morning, and then I don't do it. That makes me feel bad about myself. And like, that's not the point of wellness either. The point of wellness is to like, make you feel good and make you feel like the best version of yourself. So the best version of myself is very, very much so like an intuitive, easeful being, I guess. Mm -hmm. So my wellness philosophy on my self-care routine should reflect that. Um, So yeah. Yeah. I would say my wellness philosophy is that self-care doesn't revolve around my life. My life revolves around my self-care. And so everything I do no whether it's sitting down in this podcast whether it's drinking coffee at 5 p.m. or working out or not working out that is all self-care and it it I always ask myself like is this taking care of myself now um I take into 
consideration my personal schedule and routine and again everything I do is with the intention of self-care because like we said earlier you cannot pour from an empty cup and so but even like hanging out with my friends like that is for me self-care because I need that social time and there's so many more aspects to self-care so what I learned in coaching school, there's, um, we have the wellness wheel, it's broken up into eight parts of everything from finance, social, emotional, physical. So I'm always trying to make sure I'm hitting all of those. But, and again, like that might, I'm always moving with self-care. So like we were supposed to have, or I, you know, Sarah and I try really hard to both show up to all our post-grad events, even if we're both not like the, the person hosting. And so I was like, Sarah, like, I have no energy today. Like, I'm still feeling really, like, anxious from the weekend mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was like, I cannot I cannot show up today for everyone else. And just being understanding of that, of, like, I could show up if it was taking care of myself and my business. Um, but it's not. And I think that occupational self-care is something that a lot of people don't take into consideration because – for at least for me, starting my business was a form of self-care. A lot of why I went into such a deep depression hole the first time was because I decided not to go to medical school. I took the MCAT. I did all these things to one day just be like, this isn't for me. And I was left with like, there was no light at, there was no tunnel. I was just in the bottom of a hole. Like I felt like SpongeBob in that episode where he can't oh, get on the bus. Yes. And like, I, I just like kept <laughs> oh. like all these career paths were like the bus and I like could not get on one and I could not like, and finally I like ignited my own fire and I like lifted in the little balloon back to Bikini Bottom. Oh. But <laughs> I love it. I love it for anyone who's that, not a millennial. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, I, just go watch the glove episode from SpongeBob. It's the most tedious. <laughs> I remember being like, that's the most annoying thing ever, but it's true. Like yeah. I had to like ignite my own fire and like do something that I was passionate about. And now things are not, you know, I'm not, I don't know what I'm trying Like I, it doesn't look like what I thought life would look like. And I'm not in a nine to five or like in this, Mm -hmm. what other people would want me to be doing, but like, that's, I'm not taking care of other people. I'm taking care of myself. And so that's kind of how this all like intertwines of like soul and flow is a form of self-care. I I can, I think I can say for Sarah too, like it's a form of self-care for both of us. Mm, I love that. And I love how both of you touched on again, what you brought up earlier that you have to fill your own cup before you can fill others. And that's what I think is so unique about your business and your brand and what you're offering to people is really focusing on themselves, which I feel like society tells us is selfish and we shouldn't do. Or we hear about self care. And it's like, get a manicure, pedicure. And while that's great, and can be a form of self care. It's more looking deeper and getting to the root of your feelings, your actions, emotions, all of that. Yeah, we talk about this all the time of like, yes, there are nice like physical, again, physical things you can Mm -hmm. do, but also that that deeper stuff. I think that our workshops are big self-care because you are putting in to yourself. Our yoga is self-care because we center it around like these messages of like doing something for you. So yeah. yeah, and what we've kind of experienced too is like, that takes a very special audience. Like yeah. not everybody is just going to sign up for a Saturday morning of like 
how can I better manage my energy? Like, <laughs> so we've well, had to like, cause not really... everyone wants to do that work. And sometimes exactly. the work is hard and it's messy and you might not like the real you inside, but that's the point is to continue growing and changing and finding that highest version of yourself. Yeah. I'm really big on manifestation. I, we mm. both are. And so I'm always mm-hmm. journaling, like the clients that are made, that are like at our alignment will come to us. Like, and I, I don't remember this, but like, you're not, you're not for the many, you're for the few. And that's such a hard thing to grasp as a business owner, maybe as a person in like relationships and other things, it's a little easier, but when you have a business and you have goals and you have these other, like, like, you're like, I want to, this is what I want to pay my rent with. Like you always have to just like take a step back and be like, okay, we're not for the few, like, we're not for the many, we're for the few. And like those who are aligned with us and who want to do that work will come for us and they will get the most out of the experience rather than like a hundred people who don't really know like what they're doing or like what they want out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that ladies. Everything you have said is so powerful and something that I think everyone listening should be thinking about and hopefully is given that you know, different point of view to really focus on. Um, I do have one more question for both of you. If you could give advice to anyone listening, maybe they're in the same positions that you talked about, maybe they are your ideal client, or maybe just advice you wish you would have heard when you were younger. I would like to give you each the mic um, to share that with the audience. Do you want to go first, Sarah? Oh, I'm like, that's such a good question. I have so many. I have like 7,000 letters of like what I would tell my youngest self. Um, I'll speak on behalf of like anyone who's in the postgrad community, just because I am a little bit more out of postgrad. I feel like I'm finally not in that postgrad stage, especially since I won't be going back to like to school. Um, you don't have to go through it alone and they don't prepare you for postgrad like they did for college. Um, and just reach out, even if it's to your network of friends or to us at Soul and Flow. You really don't have to do it alone. And it's a scary time and it's a confusing time. And I feel like you're basically going through like kind of a second mini puberty. Um, I'm a neuroscience major, so I'm gonna like geek out. Like your yes. frontal lobe isn't even like developed yet. Like think of how much you grew from your like senior year of high school till you graduated. Think of your brain takes another like four years to fully develop after that. And so it's it's confusing. It's weird. You learn a lot about yourself, but you don't have to go through it alone. And I just wish that in the beginning I had someone to have these conversations with. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I would say my advice would be for the newer college grad working in a full-time job and trying to do other things outside of work as well. Um, Cause I just graduated last May. So I haven't even been like in the corporate world for a year and I feel like I've already learned and changed so much. So I feel like my advice would just be like, don't compare yourself to other people mm. because really coming out of post-grad, like when you're in college, everybody's kind of doing the same thing 
you're all going to classes every day, you, you somewhat have your extracurriculars, those might look a little bit different here and there, but you're really all kind of living the same life in a little bubble. And when you graduate, like everybody goes and does something different. Like I have friends getting married and like having babies. And then there's like my other friends that are single and we just hang out and eat pasta together on a Monday night. And like, everyone just has such a different life. And so I think it's good to like have those different perspectives, but like try not to compare yourself and like also know that you're not pigeonholed anywhere. Like you're allowed to shift and change your mind. Um, and you know, I did that in college. I changed my major, you know, but like when you, when you graduate too, like you're still able to just reinvent yourself at any moment. Um, whether that's getting a new job, making a new friend group, even just kind of changing what you do in your current, um, work and life after that, you're allowed to shift and change and, um, just not compare yourself through that process. Just really listen to yourself and what you need. Wow. Both of you gave incredible advice. Definitely something I wish I would have known and lived by in college and immediately post-grad. So thank you so much. Um, Before I let you both go, I would love to just give you guys an opportunity to let us know where we can find you online. Both of you, uh, if you'd like to share your social channels and then obviously Soul and Flow as well too. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at Soul and Flow Wellness. Um, And then if you want more information about our postgrad community, any upcoming events, how to connect with Sarah and I more, we also have a website, soulandflowwellness.com. And again, that has more information of how to sign up for postgrad, how to have one-on-one coaching and any, um, we call them fam flows, which are our yoga classes coming up. Ooh, that's awesome. Great. Well, thank you ladies both so much for joining us here on the podcast. It was incredible getting to talk to you and I can't wait to continue following you and your business and just see all of the success that comes your way. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I'm quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at thatmandagirl.com. Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.